and welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, Role-Playing Games Edition, a show where we talk about tabletop gaming topics of all kinds. This week's topic is about role-playing games. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. I'm Kitty. I'm Spencer. Well-placed, and I'm Chris. This week, we're looking at the players in our role-playing games and asking the question, why do they suck? Of course, we're asking that a bit tongue-in-cheek, but seriously, why do they always go left when you plan for them to go right? Why don't they know the rules to the game? And why don't they have pizza delivered to the GM's house when playing out over Zoom? That last one's important. But first, as always, the thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sahara Wentworth, and the Gift of Games in Grace Lake. A huge thank you to all of our other patrons as well. Now, I would normally hear talk about our live audience and how great they are, um, but they are great. But for the next two weeks, we're not going to have a live audience. Sorry, everybody, um, because I'm going on a cruise. So, haha. Why two weeks? Because I'm <laughs> I'm making Kitty and Fletcher record with me again sometime this week, and we're not going to have an audience for that. And then Josh and I are going to record at the end of the cruise. We'll record the episode for the next week and talk about what it's like to be on a giant boat with. 3,000 of our closest friends playing board games during a pandemic. Um, I will tell you, it's going to be fun. You should play Pandemic. (laughs) I am not playing Pandemic on this boat. Um, Even if I I like the game, I might. (laughs) Yeah, whoops, all Pandemic. The game library is just Pandemic and like every flavor of it, which is about 200 different games. I was going to say it would actually last you a while. Yeah, I don't know that we'd get through all of them, honestly. I don't think we could play every version of Pandemic <laughs> in a week. Because um, we got the drink packages, so we have to work that into the equation. <laughs> so, yeah. Drinking games. Uh, drinking games. Drinking Redux. games. The after. Oh, maybe we'll do, we'll do it in several parts. So maybe we'll do like two or three different parts of the podcast. That's always fun. <laughs> it gets more and more incoherent as the days wear on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now we're just hung over because we're trying to get our value of the drinking package. Um, I, every time I go on a cruise, I'm like, I don't need the package. Next time, I'm just not going to get it. And this time, I said the same thing. I said, Josh, let's not get the drinking package. We can just go all the cart. And he's like, yep, that sounds good to me. And then I'm like, uh, but the next day, I'm like, I just signed up for the drinking package. He's like, yep, so did I. So... Yeah, it's just so much easier At to least not. You guys are the same kind of crazy. <laughs> it's just easier to not think about it. We just go and you just you don't have to think about it. Don't worry about it. That's and how they not... get you. Yeah, no, that that is. Uh, on average, you have to drink about depending on what you're drinking. If you're just drinking beer, it's about ten drinks a day. So yeah, that's right, ten beers a day to do that. And if you're I drinking the you more expensive stuff, beer. <laughs> I can do it. You just have but to go wine. with the crazier cocktails. Whoops, all Goldschlager. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. that and and wine because wine is like twelve to fifteen dollars a glass. So, um, yeah. So anyway, we'll see how that episode goes. I think it'll be fun. Uh, plug for the Discord. If you haven't joined our Discord, you should for a number of reasons. But it's fun. Uh, there's a Wordle channel in it. We talked about that last week. Still going strong. I started playing some of the archive Wordles. Um, some of those are harder, but, um, I haven't played a lot, just two or three of them. Cause I'm like, I want to see what it's like. And I stopped doing it because I, I don't want to burn myself up. Uh, but I stopped doing it because it doesn't record my stats and what's even the fun if it's not recording my stats. <laughs> yeah. If I don't get credit for it, actually that's next week's episode is we're going to be talking about, uh, logic games in general and well, logic puzzles, they're not really games and why we play them because they're just homework but they're fun homework so that's all next week so come back and that's what we'll be talking about then uh so anyway join the discord also an oxymoron (laughs) fun homework (laughs) is my favorite kind of fun (laughs) (laughs) Uh, hey i'm the guy that did the extra credit before doing the homework because i'm like oh this is the hard problem okay this one's actually interesting um but also join next week (laughs) it's gonna be fun Join our board game arena group. It's Tabletop Game Talk is the group name. You can also find links to it at our Discord. And we have a board game arena channel in the Discord, along with three different voice channels. So if you want to play live, you can do that. I want to give a special call out to Richard, who's Getty19 on uh, BGG or BGA and on Discord for helping set all this stuff up and getting this going. And then Kitty said that we should play a roll and write, like a big roll and write with all our listeners. So we're going to do that. We're setting up a 10-player game of Welcome To. So come and join our game. We'll start that probably 
either the day you're listening to this is Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, whenever we get, you know, eight plus players, uh, we'll start a welcome to game. It'll be turn-based, not real time. So you just basically log in once a day and take your turn. And it should be fun. You can log in multiple times a day if you want to take faster, though, if we wanted to play faster. Um, so anyway, yeah, BGA, come join us. It's it's fun. We're making this a real thing. And um, Spencer and Kitty and I have shunned. Shunned? Is that the right word I'm looking for? Ignored? Put Fletcher in a box to the side? Ignored? I think something. Um, <laughs> We've cast as- <laughs> him out. We've disowned him, really. Disowned, yeah. Um, so we're doing... Yep. On Tuesday, shamed. we do, we yeah, shamed. <laughs> yes, we do couples crew night, which is Sydney and I and uh, Kitty and Spencer. So we invited Fletcher once. He said no, so we never did it again. And we spend the um, whole time going, "Wow, this is so much fun without Fletcher here." <laughs> yeah, it's like it's, we we would have. Were never we playing won a game? I don't remember. Here. It's just so refreshing to not have Fletcher here. <laughs> So it's a good time. Fletcher, one of these days we'll we'll play something with you, but um not on Tuesdays. But we have to finish uh, the crew first. Yes. We are what, did we get the mission? mission are we on now? Six I think sixteen out of thirty three. Like we did like thirteen missions the first night and then we did <laughs> then three the four, next three or four, time. yeah. It turns out they get harder. Shockingly. Yeah. And the harder they get, expected. the more fun they are. Yeah. That's true. There was is it, there was one cut. Co- it is a little bit. There was one combination that came up that is poss- was possible to beat, and Sydney wanted to try it. But I'm like, the only way we can beat this is if we get this exact combination of cards. Yes. And so, yeah, we're just going to reset that particular one. It was bad but. enough to take the specific six or the specific eight with a six, but whatever it was. Ugh. It was it was bad. Well said. I, well said. But <laughs> love, love the crew. I feel like I was DC. there. Yeah. No, you 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 were there in spirit. You know, we're probably going to record these sessions and I'll just send them to you so you can watch them and, you know, feel like part of the gang. Just replace if the podcast want. with them. I, I'm not even there. <laughs> It'll be cool because he'll hear how much we love not having him there while yeah, we talk all the yeah. time about how he's not we're there. We're having so, it's much, so much fun. fun. <laughs> the joy they're having is just, oh, why don't they ever have that when I'm around? I don't know, Fletcher. Why? So, uh, yeah. So, how Fletcher, how was your week? We know you weren't playing the crew, but uh, did you do anything else fun? Uh, yeah. So, actually, today I just got back from California. Um, I spent the weekend in California. I, one of my cousins um, was having a baby shower. So, um, we went there to celebrate and Carmen, Carmen was there at the baby shower. And I just hung out with uh, some of my aunts and uncles and other cousins and stuff. And, uh, you know, we just did normal stuff. We went to a gun range. We saw, did some trap and skeet <laughs> Gun shooting. range in we California is not normal. <laughs> well, so this is the Inland Depends Empire. Depends on which part so, of like, California. Yeah. This, this, <laughs> this is like true. Riverside. If, if Yeah. People I was less surprised about all. the gun range in California than the gun range for the baby shower. <laughs> it's not... <laughs> Unrelated. Not a gun range for the baby shower. <laughs> Did you buy the mother ammunition? <laughs> no, <laughs> we got them a mama roo. <laughs> no it's way. similar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we did axe throwing and uh, you know some other some other totally fun stuff. normal things. But it was a good yeah. time. Yeah. So my mother is cleaning out something. She told me she was cleaning something out, and she was going through pictures, and she sent Sydney a picture of me when I was a kid. She's like. Uh, Chris, before his third birthday, and then she said, oops, sorry, no, this was before his second birthday. It was me holding a 22 sitting on the kitchen table. So this was, this was growing up in the eighties in Michigan. <laughs> Actually, this was, this was the seventies. This was 76 in Michigan. So, uh, yeah, if you didn't have a gun by the time you could walk, <laughs> you weren't doing it right. So nice. Yep. Welcome to the modern era or just a backed up world. Um, Kitty Spencer, you guys do any shooting of things? No. No, no, I don't think we, we shoot We didn't anything. shoot anything. No, there was no shooting. Uh, <laughs> I played some video games. Not yet. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I spent most of yesterday reading, like just a book for pleasure. And that was a very strange change of pace. I know. Yeah, I with mean, words. There were, no, there were no pictures. I think there's a picture on the cover. And, and with your eyes. Um, Is there even? Yeah. Was it an O'Reilly Yeah, with my book? eyes. With my eyes. <laughs> Um, made out of like actual paper. Yeah, actually, no the, screens the, involved. The paper kind of annoyed me because it's got like weird. 
I was complaining. Remember, I was complaining yeah, about the paper. I had to hear about the paper of this book already. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was very strange. Um, what else? It's all happened? excitement over here. I, I had to go f- uh, fuss with the car because the uh, electric power steering system failed on our home. Oh, that's never good. Um, and I got a, a buddy who's really good with cars, and he's like, "Oh, I'll come by. I'll take a look." And we went and got. Uh, I got breakfast with him, and then we went into to the uh, auto zone. And picked up some power steering fluid. We came back and opened the hood and we're like, there's no reservoir for the power steering fluid. That's weird. And then we went and looked online, did some research. We're like, oh, this this model doesn't have a reservoir for power steering fluid. It's a closed system that's electric and there's nothing you can do about it at home. So today <laughs> I just drove it without power steering to the shop and they're going to look at it. How was that? Um, it's, you know, it's not so bad when you're going, you know, power steering used to not be a thing. People drove cars before yeah, power steering, but just manual like steering, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> manual, manual steering is a whole lot easier in a car that's set up for it than a power steering car that yeah. doesn't have power steering. Yeah, that's true. It's not yes, so bad so. while the car is moving. Uh, when you're like trying to turn or first getting started, you're going slowly. You have to really like wrench the steering wheel. But uh, and it was parked behind our house around a corner. So that that first getting the car out was quite an adventure for me to watch while I did the dishes. Like <laughs> it was fine. Yeah, it all worked out. No problems. Miles asked if you did any shooting in your computer games. Yes, I'm playing. I'm playing Mass all Effect right. right now. Uh, because I never, I all never. Right, played so there was Mass a lot Effect of shooting 3. in your house. Yeah. I never played Mass Effect 3, so I bought the the Legendary Edition thing that just came out, and now I'm playing through 1 and 2 again, and I'm going to play 3 soon. I'm still done with 2. Will yeah. you silence your... My, um, sure. It keeps... <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's work stuff. Every time like one of us from work gives up and goes, oh, it's late and we shouldn't be working, somebody else is like, I'm going to take this over. Hey, this other thing is... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is this is why I just don't believe in working, and you know, it's a... It's a religion I have, um, but I like the paycheck, so it's a tricky combination there. But anyway, let's talk about other things that suck besides work. Um, let's talk about <laughs> players. And I want to be specific. We're talking about players in role-playing games, uh, role-playing games specifically that have somebody who's running said game. And not all players suck, but I would say, from my experience of running a lot of games, um, 90%. 90% of players suck. Um, I'm sitting with I'm sitting with three of my players now. And yeah, they all have their own little nuances. But I want to I want to examine this because obviously it's not entirely true, but it's mostly true. So um, I'm gonna first I'm gonna stop though, because I could I could go on about this for quite some time. Kitty, you are the person I know who's most recently run a game. That's not me. I think you most recently ran a game because I think that you ran Cthulhu after me, or did I run a D and D after you? I don't. I, Doesn't matter. I think that I am the most recent uh, GM of this group, which is weird because I am also that was the only time I did it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is why I want your perspective while it's fresh, and you had friendly players. Suck? Fresh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hot take. Fresh. It was fresh. like two months ago. It's as fresh right. as you get in like pandemic time doesn't it's an accordion. Um so we were all playing, right? Did you just it say was, time's an accordion? You said pandemic time is an accordion. Pandemic time that. is an accordion. Yeah. It stretches. Would you care to elaborate? There are some times in pandemic time that seem like that takes forever. And then there's other times in pandemic time that it's like, wait a minute, that happened three months ago. I thought it was yesterday. It's an accordion. Like an accordion? Well, the accordions, they stretch out and then they get short. Then they stretch out and they get short. This is not a phrase that I'm okay. making up. <laughs> Kitty agrees with me. She doesn't want to, but the face on her on her right now says, huh, I agree. I don't want to agree, but That's I That's not her agreement face, man. <laughs> <laughs> See, it looks more like um, Beaker the Muppet yeah. than agreement. But um, in any case... Maybe How like were a circular accordion? I don't know. My players were my players were you idiots. I don't know. <laughs> Time is a round accordion. Um, I don't know why the wheel of accordion time. I'm so tired. I value your opinion on this. Well, you should be. This um, this is why, we'll right? Why we saw Kitty? Yeah. What? I'm sorry, I missed the question. Why do? You, what was your opinion of us as players? 
Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Don't worry. It's just about what the topic is about. This conversation does not lead people to understand what it's like role playing (laughs) all of us, any of us at any given time. I, I don't know what could better illustrate the fact that getting us to focus on a task at any given moment is like herding cats. And um, when you you self you yourself are a cat, <laughs> you're trying to hurt even more cats. <laughs> it's even worse. It's not like you know because I assume in the analogy that that is referencing, it is a human herding cats. But now it's just does this have to do with circular accordions? <laughs> Time is a, a little bit accordion, and we are <laughs> we're, all just we're just cats. a bunch of cats playing circular I'm... accordions. <laughs> all right, yes. um, yes, <laughs> I think this is a great example. You are right, though. This is exactly it. And as when you're running a game or running a podcast, as I sometimes do, it is about hurting the rest of the group in the direction you need them to go. <laughs> Get back on the circular equation. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, so I'm, you're still on the hot seat, though. Now, there are a few things that I remember of this game that uh, I don't think you were planning for. And I'm just curious how, like, how did it play out? Because, again, this was your first time running a game, period. And we were trying to be cooperative. We weren't trying to be, like, difficult, most mostly. That was you trying to be cooperative. I don't want to see you try to be difficult. <laughs> I'm always trying to be cooperative. Um, Spencer gave himself a uh, rude name as a character. <laughs> I forgot about that. You forgot that yeah. you named yourself. I don't even know if we can discuss this on our family friendly podcast that you named yourself Dick P Holder. <laughs> um, that was the first thing my my loving husband did to me as a GM. Um, I mean, his name was Chris actually Richard himself. Percival Holder, but yeah, I'm just saying. Agent yeah. Dick P. Holder. Um, <laughs> yeah, Chris made himself insane and did a really good job role playing that. Um, mm-hmm. And Fletcher forgot to show up. So you know, <laughs> Fletcher did forget to show up. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, and, and I was broke never our to show son's up. heart. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I'm going to be honest. I forgot that Fletcher was there. I'm like, was, did Fletcher join us? I'm pretty sure he joined us. And then when you said, oh, right, he wasn't there, but he did join us because he forgot to show up. He was, he was my computer. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. But, you know. Two he things. Was, he was possibly my most cooperative player. <laughs> <laughs> I was never told. I guess I assumed because nobody mentioned that we were playing over Zoom. Yeah, and then Chris was like, "Are you at the train station? I can pick you up." I was like, (laughs) "Uh, "No, I'm at home." He's like, "I haven't put on (laughs) pants yet." I'm like, "Wait a minute." Um, Yeah, no, that was true, all true. But we also had like, just like this podcast, we also had fun, even though nothing, like everything, was not exactly as you planned. So there was two parts to this particular adventure the first part was like you know get the clues necessary to go to the place where i'm going to murder you um and we decided to stay at the place with the clues for a really long time even though there were you gave us all the clues in 15 seconds and then we're like no no no, there's got to be more here um i i don't think we hung out too long there but maybe i i could have ushered you along faster but i i think it's um because i i think i was pushing you guys to move on and you guys were like Oh, she's pushing us out of here. There must be more. We better keep exploring. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I mean, this was a couple months ago, so my memory might be a bit foggy, but I, I actually, I don't remember any problems or objections with the pacing. I thought it went no. pretty well. If anything, I think in the second part, I I had to stop from moving you further along at times. I, I needed to let you guys really like explore the space a bit more. Um because my inclination as a player is always like, let's keep moving. Let's do the next thing. We got this. Let's move. And like, but the, but the fun parts are sometimes the like exploring the banter, the wackiness that ensues when um, no one is like, this is your task list and you must complete it. Um, so, so yeah, I think finding, finding that balance can be tricky. I, and I think that's, that's more true for certain games and situations than others 
you know, like uh, like a, a Dungeons and Dragons stereotypical dungeon crawl, you might be able to do that. Where it's just, you know, there's there's 500 rooms that we have to go through with a monster in each one of them. Let's just plow through this and roll dice all day. But I mean, that game, if we were just going to speed run it and say, you know, go check off the boxes and do something, we could have finished that in 30 minutes, 45 maybe. Yeah. Right. Well, and I mean, it was meant to be as much fun. Yeah. And it's it was meant to be very short. It's a meant. Yeah. Yeah. It's meant to be short, yeah. but I think drawing it out a little bit, um, you know, it's a role-playing game. Heaven forbid we spend some time playing our characters. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's also meant to be an introduction to the world. It's like a yeah. starter set scenario. So it's not like, you know, made to be very deep, but also it, it does give you enough room to explore the world a little bit. So it, it has some variability in how long it can play, because I think experienced yeah. players will move through it very, very quickly, whereas new players can take some time. All right, so experienced players. This is another thing I have noted here. Um, in my experience, players tend not to come to the table, especially for a new game, knowing the rules. Uh, not that they have to, we've, we've talked about this before, that it's not necessary for a player to know the rules. This should not be intimidating. You should, you know, even if you don't know the rules, just come show up, play. So I'm not saying this is a bad thing if you're first starting out. I will say this is, gets a little bit more annoying the longer you're playing the game. So at session 23, you should know how your character works. I I'm pausing, um, even though I'm going to edit out that pause, because, yeah. So, Fletcher, elaborate. Um, well, like you said, if, if, you're, the, if you're the GM um, and you invite new players to play, uh, or even some seasoned players, but maybe they're playing a new class, like, you m- would expect that maybe they don't understand all the mechanics of their class and they might have some questions, you know, especially with new players. Um and that's fine. That's what you expect, and that's kind of what you signed up for. But, you know, around about session four or five, if they're asking the same questions again, it's like, you know, I've told you this a few times. I've gave you access to the rule book. You know, maybe you should just sit down and, and read the chapter about your character, about your class. It's only like four pages long, <laughs> and it would help a lot. <laughs> so I, I threw that to Fletcher because I will say um, – I, I love playing with you guys, and all my players are great in their own ways. <laughs> Fletcher, though, does know how his character plays. Um, I've played, I don't know, probably four different games with you now. And regardless of the yeah. class you're playing, you're the one person that I can be assured you know the ins and outs of every piece of your character. Um, Kitty, you also would fall into that category. I think you you tend to dig deep into your class and... And min-max, min-max your way to... Perhaps? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Try to pull out wacky combos in a way that is, like, disruptive to combat every single time. Perhaps. Yep. Perhaps. But I, I think I'm self-aware enough to know and try not to do that as as much as I want. So just yes. know, even when I'm being disruptive and doing it, it's... um. It's less than I felt like I could have done it. So, <laughs> well, and that actually That's goes something. to another. <laughs> yeah. So there is an extreme on the other side, um, and I'm I'm purposely not mentioning Spencer and Sydney. Um, there's just really nothing to talk about there. They're they are totally fine. I love them both. Um, they totally uh, <laughs> and built their own character. I 100 <laughs> percent know how to play every character that I build and that I play for more than a session. Uh, I, yes, yes, it it. Takes a little – well, so here's the thing. And the only time that I've ever seen this as an issue for you specifically is online. And that's because the character was created online. We were playing online. When you don't have a physical book and sheet in front of you, it's harder to internalize all of your options, uh, yeah. especially what, when you're playing with a new the, tool as well. Yeah. What was the name of that app that we were running that game on? Uh, we were playing it on Foundry. Foundry. Yeah. And then Beyond uh, D&D Beyond was where we made the characters. Right. I I had constant problems with the Foundry interface, and I remember yeah. like we would there there would be times we'd be waiting for me to say which I'm doing. I'm like, well, I don't remember how many spell slots I have yet left because I can't find the place to click the thing. And it'd be if I just, just use pen and paper, it'd been so much better. Yeah, and and honestly, 
that is a way of doing that, right? Where you just don't let the default for that system is you manage everything on pen and paper and you just use the system yeah. for communication and for the maps, um, which would work just fine too. So yes, you, you know, your characters um, as long as this tool isn't getting in your way now, but I'm going to pick on Kitty a little bit here because Kitty will go slightly further than just knowing the rules for her character she knows the rules to everything. So if I say something happened, Kitty's <laughs> like, well, it was this. She, he must have cast this spell or it must have been this trap or um, and often I, I just make everything up on the fly. So it's kind of fun when Kitty's like, oh, it was definitely this. I'm like, oh, was it? OK, sure. Yeah, that's what it was then, um, which isn't necessarily a problem, but it can be we're not following the rules are you playing the game chris we're playing a version of the game certainly but the that's rules another are there for a reason <laughs> yes yes they are yes they are um but rule number 0 and it's on page 2 of the of the player's handbook is the dm is the arbiter of the rules well, but not and, all players know, read this, that little bullet point. This uh, maybe difference in perspective, I think, ties into why a lot of players may suck to in the perspective of certain people running games, right? Yes. I think the most important thing is that the the players and the DM, the GM, the storyteller, whatever, um, are on the same page of the kind of game that you're running. You know, like I, I've I've run and played in games where people are upset that there's too many guardrails, that there's not enough guardrails, that there's too much combat, that there's not <laughs> enough combat, that the l- rules are too loose, that the rules aren't loose enough, too much moral and conundrum, there, no not enough right moral way. conundrum. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, you just and and it's funny, you know, like a lot of the you know the issues and the complaints and stuff that that we'll like talk through uh, of our group. I've played with other groups and had the opposite things happen and be on other other sides of it's just it's just the dynamic of the group and you've got to be on the- you're summarizing the podcast yeah, will- too early save that thought for half hour from now <laughs> say- i'm just cutting to the chase because i want to go play mass effect <laughs> i will say Bad players. that um i also played the most rules heavy character i was playing our wizard so i was reading all the spells to create my spell list and like the wizards have access to like most of the spells. So whenever we come across a spellcaster, that is when you are most loose with the rules because you're like, I just want to cast this sound, fun sounding <laughs> spell and I don't care that if I play it by the rules of the book, it is 100% going to kill everyone. And like when you say I cast this spell and I read it 10 minutes ago prepping for this session, seeing if I could add it to my list and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not high enough level for this. I'm like, oh no. This is very, very bad. But then it's like, wait, this this spell that you said is this spell is not working like that spell works. And it just breaks my little brain for a minute. So I think it's a little bit unfair to say that I'm like super rules lawyery when what I really am is the only person who have who's read any of the spells <laughs> that you cast. Um, if anyone wants a player, I have one that I'm willing to loan you. Yes. So I, I actually think that's a great. I actually think that's a great role playing experience because what that means is that in the perspective of your wizard, you think you know everything about how the world works, and then you see something and it surprises you, and you don't know how to deal with it. I, that's basically what happened. I yeah, I love that. All right, let's talk about players making wrong choices because players always make the wrong choice. I, I personally, I don't think this is this is a bad thing. I love when players make wrong choices. Um, but how do you guys feel about when one of your players might open a gas can and start just drawing patterns in the grass? I was playing <laughs> my character. There, there are no wrong choices. There the are free no market choices. of the players has spoken. <laughs> um. Anytime somebody says I was playing my character, a small part of me dies inside. <laughs> it's what my character would have done. Yep. <laughs> I mean, um, that's yes. And, and that's actually part of this, too. And so that can be good. I don't think my character I don't think I was playing my character in a disruptive way. Um, I don't think. But again, I was the player at that that particular thing. I was playing my character in his way. But it wasn't out to like ruin 
the fun. I was I attempting. I think he was disruptive of the world, but not disruptive of the game, which is different. Yeah. And I think it was perfectly appropriate and it was fun. And I was excited to see what was going to happen when you wasted all that gas. But then Spencer stopped you, which kind of ruined <laughs> my fun. But, you know, at the same time, it the, the game I thought went very well. and It was really yeah. fun. Um, and and yeah, there, and those things can be disruptive moments. <laughs> yeah, but those things, those are the things that make the memorable moment moments, right? Um, but you know, having a thief that constantly steals from the party—that's not memorable. That's annoying. That's <laughs> just being a bad player. Oh well, you know it. Uh, but again, that depends on the party and, and the 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 people playing the game. Like some people might find that endearing, and if their group goes along with it, and fine. Probably not, uh, <laughs> yeah. especially if it wastes a lot of time. But maybe. Yeah, and then there's like the you know. It is a cooperative game. We are we are yeah. playing a cooperative game together. And we've talked about this a lot of times. And if you are role-playing a character that is not cooperating with the group, then your character will no longer be part of the adventuring party because none of the other characters will want to hang out with them. So yeah. I'm going to If you're comment- just an active antagonist yeah. to right? the rest of the party, <laughs> then it's like, well, can you play a different character, please? That's not an active antagonist. <laughs> right. Exactly. It- I think there's there's an element of this. So you know, building characters that are compatible with each other so that they can they can cooperate over a period of time. There's an art to that, uh, and I think a good player, like one of the hallmarks of a good player, is that they're able to to do that. Uh, but I think there's you know a, a complete novice maybe just doesn't know how to role play a character at all. Right? They're like, I'm just me, or I'm, it's just like I'm playing a video game. I don't really care. I'm, I'm selecting the action. And then I think as people start to get more into it they start saying well all right i'm gonna i'm gonna role play my character i'm gonna do everything that this character might do uh but even if you can get really good at that doing just that is missing the point because you still have to play nice with the other people there and give them opportunities outside of what your character would prefer to do for them to express what's interesting about their own characters and for everyone to have fun meeting challenges together. So there, okay. there's many layers that you have to navigate at the same time. Uh, and I think the best players are cognizant of all of those things. Yeah. So, and just, um, I don't want to try to defend my play, but I want to comment on something that Miles posted in the <laughs> you chat. You shouldn't. Um, if you have an insane character, basically he's like, isn't it role-playing that if you have an insane character, you're going to role-play him as choosing the most, not, choosing the most thought out plan for the group. Now I was definitely Mike that we were playing a call of Cthulhu game. And part of that game is essentially going insane, right? You see horrors and the way you cope with them are different. Um, I was doing two things though. And one of them, um, Spencer, you touched on, which was giving space to the rest of the group to do things. Because if everybody's always like, you know, belted together at the hip and we all walk into this room and search it and we all walk into that room and search it. It doesn't make give room for anyone to shine. And by me going outside and doing something else and then we kind of splitting up, it created a situation where you guys got the clue to say, don't open that just as I was about to open that and running out and stopping me. And part of that, and I'll, I'll give Kitty credit for that too of allowing that situation to play out in the timing that it did as well so but it is a fine line between being disruptive and being fun because had kitty allowed me to open it and allowed the horrific thing to happen that would have not been interesting that would have been unfun so kitty's maniacally tapping her fingers together so i will let you respond to that <laughs> because I'm just so excited because whenever you guys decide to split up, it just gives me so many more options to kill you, and it's just it's just so much more fun but when you know, I get to try to kill you. That that idea of you know, everyone, <laughs> you've got to be aware of all these things. As a as players, you might be aware that if we split up, more chaos is going to happen, and it might be more difficult for us to accomplish the task. Maybe even as your characters, you're aware of that. Uh, but I think the best players are going to find a way to reason that their characters should split up because you want to invite a little bit of chaos. Yeah, I've actually read. Yeah. So, so I, I went on a deep dive of reading um, GM advice for Delta Green scenarios. And some of the most frustrating um, scenarios I've heard of are, are people who are like, you know, I just had a group that was like, I refuse to split up. We know how the horror movie works. We're not going to go in the dark room by ourselves. We're not going to do this. And it's like, there, 
they refuse to play in the space. Like, yeah, I understand that, like, you as a human, you know what's going on. You, They're, like, not separating their knowledge of the game from what their characters might do in that situation. Like, and, and you are supposed to, you know, go into Delta Green with this kind of knowledge of, like, well, you as your like your character when you start shouldn't have too much knowledge of the the horrors that exist. So even though you as a player know this is a horror game and something horrible is going to happen, your characters are supposed to think this is the real world and it's safe for me to walk into a house or open a hatch or do something like that, you know. There, go to the bathroom by myself. You... Yes. Yeah. yeah, you go to the bathroom by yourself. It's not like there's monsters in this world or anything. <laughs> right? Or hold on, I need to make a phone call. I'm going to step outside. Exactly. Yeah. You're not going to like walk. All right, we're all going to walk back to back through each room, making a circle where everyone can see every corner at all times. It's just ridiculous. You might do that after you've seen a horde of demons that you know are surrounding the house or something, right? But you don't want to come out the gates that way. Yeah. 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 And one another thing, um, I don't want to make this too much about advice. I really want to talk about how players suck. But for this particular (laughs) thing, when you're splitting up the group, it is important bad players will still want the spotlight. So if I say I'm going outside and then I just want to play my character for the next half hour, that is not good. If I'm going outside, I'm splitting the group. I should expect that I get two or three minutes of spotlight and then I have to pass it back to the rest of the group because things are happening in real time. And if too much happens on one side or the other, it gives information that other players shouldn't have, and it gives, it takes away the opportunity for the GM to actually be able to make that game real time. Yeah, and I, I think that responsibility falls primarily on the GM to sort of balance the back and forth of the different scenes or the different players and, and shooting there. I think it's pretty easy for a player to just keep saying what they're doing, and the GM says this happens. They're going to just keep going with it, right? Uh and, you know, sometimes as a, as a player at a table, if you feel like you're getting forgotten, you might speak up. But I think the, the driving force of there of balancing it all has to be on the, the GM. I also thought it was really fun when I handed you the note that Chris couldn't read. Um, I'm trying to remember what the contents of the note were. That was basically it was, telling us. It was, was talking about why, yeah, yeah why, yeah, yeah. why Chris I was, was like, what okay, I was outside so doing. Why Chris should hatch. not do the thing he was about to and do. I was like, <laughs> stop. Yeah. We're going back to the bedroom. Yeah, exactly. Spencer, you've opened this thing. And that, and that was here. A, you go. <laughs> and I think that was a very good example of the GM, you know, driving that pacing. Oh well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What a well, good and because the player, so good. Yeah, because and the player can give up the spotlight, but it is harder for the player to give up the spotlight if the DM or GM keeps engaging with them. So you have to be. Yeah, yeah you have you to know, know when to, to stop. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and I think this goes back to like the oh well, this is what my character would do thing is like you know. Um, everyone likes to think they are the main character in their story, but the story of a role-playing game is the story of the party and everyone has to share being the main character, you know, whether you're doing it George R. R. Martin style, everyone gets a chapter, or if you're going to do it more like Tolkien where no one gets a chapter, (laughs) you know, like everyone is going to get their moments to do stuff. But that means that you're going to have moments where you're not doing stuff too. And you, you have to remember to step up and sit back in those moments as it makes sense, whether that's like, Literally, like, we are going to take turns or whether it's like, all right, Chris, hold on a second while we move back over here. We'll get back to your scene in a second, you know, kind of stuff. Just like however formal or informal it is, know that that's just part of the game. And and I think that plays on the players more so than the GM, especially like character creation. One of the things that really bothers me is somebody's like, all right, I'm going to take, I'm going to make this player that specializes in this set of skills. And another player's like, okay, I'm going to do that, but I'm slightly better at those things. Oh, that's the worst. (laughs) And then, you know, it's bad for, it's bad for the group in that you've got a narrower skill set now. It's like, you've only got one specialist instead of two because you've got a redundant specialist. But then anytime it's someone's turn to shine, it's like, oh, well, I guess I'll just play second second fiddle to you for the rest of the time we play these characters now. Yeah. And the problem <laughs> comes in. Yeah. When one of those players is just better at building characters than the other. And I would say yeah. better very loosely, but more optimized at building characters. Yeah. Because you can build a character that completely overshadows another um, to the point where I don't know when I instigated this rule inst- instantiated this rule. Somebody instigated me instantiating it, but um. 
when when we build characters, I'm like, pick a specialty, and it's not allowed. You're not allowed to have a specialty that overlaps with anyone else. Um, and that's just a blanket, you know, session zero when we're building characters rule. And I've never had people like resist that. But well, no, I want to do this. I'm like, just you know, one of you decide to do that, and the other one decide to do something different because I can't work with two characters that are in competition, especially when one is just better than the other. Yeah, because I think there was one of my characters at some point where I was like, well, I'm just going to go walk into a volcano so I can have a new character because I'm bored at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and it's easy to have accidentally happen, especially when you're doing like non-home yeah. games, organized play or something like that. But organized play is fine. It's, it's a two to four hour session, whatever, <laughs> right? Oh my God. I sat down at one organized play table and I had decided going in that I was just going to play a bard because no one plays a bard in organized play. And I sat down at a table that was literally half rangers and half paladins. And that was it. That was the whole table. (laughs) And I stood at the back and I got to do buffs and I got to do my own special thing. And then on everyone else's turn, it was like seriously like the same turns over and over again. And it was so funny. Um, that it seriously, everyone plays a paladin or a ranger during uh, Adventures League stuff. Which makes sense because they're combat and healing. Yeah. So there's a lot of utility yeah. there. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Because you, you can't count it. on. Yeah. yeah. If you can't count on it. So there's another thing um, is, you know, players that aren't there for the team. Right. Now, again, organized play aside, but there are players out there that say, I want to play this character. Regardless of anything else, this is this is what I'm going to do. And it, when you're building a team, sometimes that just doesn't make sense to play that type of character uh, for the for the game, for the system, for the DM, for whatever it happens to be. Um, but you try to accommodate, and you're like, okay, fine, you can play this, you know, race that doesn't make sense, or this character that's redundant, or you know, this mage that never uses the the wing of the wand of magic missile. I mean, whatever, whatever you want to do, fine. I'll let you do that. <laughs> it's just boring. <laughs> She's role playing her character. The character doesn't like that wand. <laughs> I, like I think it. I've gotten to the point now where I'm like, okay, the wand has like seven charges. You get to use six, and then it needs to recharge for 24 hours. So like once a day, I'm like, I use it up. <laughs> <laughs> I use up my uh, wand of magic missiles and now I'm done. She doesn't Don't even wait for combat. She just wakes up in the morning and just shoots off a bunch of magic missiles. <laughs> goes, Oops, guys, I guess I don't have that. Going to have to cast some little spells, huh? I guess we'll have to have fun today. That's a very yeah, cat yep. move. <laughs> just like knocking shit over. Oops, was I not supposed to do that? Bleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nah, um, nobody listens to Spencer anyway. So, all right, <laughs> moving moving from in-game stuff, um, I want to go to, these are the types of things that are actually, I don't know if you're, no, you're a bad player. I was going to say you're a bad person, but I'm going to say bad player um, because the player is the person. So, and, and I'm going to go to Fletcher on this one because um, half the time I think he's probably just doing this anyway, uh, even though I'm, not, I'm sure there's not. But... Doing things at the table that's not playing the game. And uh, why do players do this? Fletcher, why do players do this? You're not a player. You don't do, do this. I, I, I make do this what? back. Do yeah. <laughs> pull out your Pull out your phone. Um, <laughs> browse, browse the internet if you're playing an online game. Um, you know, oh, there was one player I played with that was playing one of those, like, click games where you basically just open it up and you just have to keep clicking to fight another whatever. And there's these mindless click games. Um, This visual gag is lost on our audio audience, but Spencer's pulled out his phone. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I think unfortunately it could, it could be indicative of like not the GM, but like the player group. If you have too many players or if it takes too long for them to get back on their turn, then it's like, all right, well I can do something else for the next 10 minutes until I can act again because there's there's a bard, a mage, a warlock and a <laughs> and a sorcerer like that are all neck that all go next and those classes take forever to like decide what spell they're going to cast and like what area of effect and who gets hit and what happens it just you know it takes forever as opposed to like I'm just a fighter I just run up and hit this guy okay I'm done 
Like I hit them twice. Not to mention these Next. problems can compound, right? So if Chris's yeah. pet peeve of nobody knows how to run their characters is going on, and then all of those people are there, and then their turn comes up, and each one of them goes, wait, how does this character work again? What are my spells? What does that ability do? Then it's yeah. hard to blame maybe the sixth person up in the order, especially if that person's really into the rules from getting a little bit bored and frustrated and detaching a little bit. Also, some people are just rude. Rude. Like <laughs> it's it's really common in a yeah. lot of social and forget about playing a game to be sitting around talking to people and people just pull out their phones. We all do it. Some of us are worse about it than others, but it's just, it's a common thing. Yeah. And you know, um, some people too feel a lot of like pressure in social interactions that like can be easily deflected by just putting a phone in front of your face. Like I, it's like a, I need a break side and that might not be the most polite during a game, but you know, things happen. <laughs> Or the game's boring and Chris is doing a bad job. I mean, the GM. <laughs> yeah, or that. Somebody. This is not about Chris. the players, not the GM. <laughs> I could see that as a DM, especially when like half of your group is like, I want very tactical combat. I want a map. I want to be drawing radiuses. I want to be doing this. Radio. And the other, I want radiuses. <laughs> Spencer. <laughs> Correcting my... What is it? A Greek root? I don't even know. Um, <laughs> it's. I want to draw shapes on a map, and if there's a character, five characters behind me, who's like Kitty is drawing shapes on a map again. I'm getting on my phone. I can't say I blame them. I'm sorry that I love. <laughs> I also think like shapes on the map. <laughs> sometimes in, in our group, anyway, like using the new tools, um, like Foundry, and it's like, okay, let me. Okay, my character's not moving. How do I, this spell, it's supposed to do this thing. It's not working. How do I, and you're like, hold on, let me reset. Let's do this. And it's like, now we're okay, like phone up. Like, hey guys, I still can't IT see department. anything. Oh, I forgot to yeah. put that on your character. All I see is hold black. <laughs> yeah. But I also think with that, you know, there are other things. So, you know, Fletcher's taking his turn and like, you might see little like 25 foot radius circles going up in various positions across the map, you know, in anticipation. I can, I can sit and play in the space while I wait. And I love to do that. Um, and I think that's fun. So like, I don't know. I think I engaging guess this isn't me. I'm not the person yeah, well, who disengages. I'm the person who doubles down on like, oh, yeah. I have more time to engage with the game because I have so much space in turns. Yeah. So I there's, might be the there's, problem. <laughs> there's a few things. I don't think any of you guys I have this um, concern with, but I have had tables where I've played with people who are just constantly on their phone the entire time. And they're like, oh, no, I'm paying attention. I'm like, okay, sure. Uh, and I'm not someone who's going to be like, put your phone away or stop coming to the table, right? I'm, I'm just not that kind of person. But I no longer play with that person. Like, after that game was over, I didn't invite that person to play again. And because it is not – there are some activities that you can do that are not disruptive. Um, Kitty, when you're knitting or, you know, when Bunny's, like, making her chain mail or something – it's not, it's like a keeping your hands busy. It's no different than stacking dice at the table. And honestly, in a lot of cases, it's quieter. Um, but when you're actively looking. I know it can be a pretty loud knitter. <laughs> yes. Those dice just stop knocking over all the time. But when, you, when your mind is actively engaged in something else, that's where I think the line needs to be drawn, right? If you're in the game, be in the game. If you need to keep your hands busy with something, that's fine too. But be part of the team. And I think that's another thing. We really are dissing players more than I thought. But um, be part of the team, right? (laughs) Celebrate other people's victories and failures as much as you celebrate yours. That's really – and you can't do that if you disengage every time it's not your turn. It's like kind of a selfish play um, mindset. Yeah, I mean, it's All a right. real social activity. And I, I I, think that's the real thing of playing role-playing games, learning how to interact and that, uh, the social norms of being a part of a game like that. I, I, think, I, I think this also, was a secret um, episode about the magic circle. A little bit. <laughs> we'll let Fletcher finish his thought and then I'll elaborate, yeah. I guess. Is it an accordion <laughs> of time? It's an accordion of time. <laughs> Fletcher, just keep talking so they stop. <laughs> okay. Um I was thinking back. I, I'm actually part of a, another um, D&D group that just started up. And what? Yeah, I know. You're cheating on us? <laughs> I, I can nope. be a part of more part of more than one. 
Um, but this, this group that I'm part tool. of is actually has a bunch of, <laughs> <laughs> has a bunch of new players. Um, and since I'm, you know, more of a seasoned player and the DM is a seasoned DM, um, I thought it, I didn't want to go around and kind of like dictate how they, sh- each person could play their character or optimize how to play their character. And as an example, we were fighting some wolves and then a druid runs up. And then uh, I forget what spell it is, but it's like vine whip or like thorn whip or something like that. Um, but the the previous turn, um, they put to sleep a bunch of wolves. So there's a bunch. There's like two sleeping wolves, and then the druid runs up and he does like vine whip on one of the sleeping wolves. And I didn't want to be like, no, don't cast that spell on a sleeping wolf. It's going to wake him up. Even though that's what I thought. But I was like, he's a new character. He's a, he's a new player. He doesn't really understand what he's doing. The DM let him do it. And I thought this would be a good um, chance to like role play a little bit. So after he hit him with the vine whip and it was successful, then that's when I interjected like in character, like, no, don't wake him up. You know, as, as my character, like don't, don't hit him. He's sleeping. Now he's going to be awake. And of course, like he, the wolf woke up, he was now closest to him and like went and attacked him and like knocked him out. And you know he learned a uh, learned a lesson. Like, okay, <laughs> learned a valuable lesson. Teach him the lesson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's hard well, though to know. Like as a new player, like should I try to help them by letting them know? Like, oh hey, an experienced player might know that this. Like, is that more fun or is it less fun? And I think that you made the right call there. That it it is less fun to have somebody say like, um, actually, like there yeah. there's nothing. Um, actually, you don't want to do that. Right. Yeah. And like, you just know, let that, them do it. Let depends, them pass the spell. That depends on the player. depends on the game. It depends on your relationship with that player. Because some people really hate the idea of making a mistake. And they're going to feel embarrassed. Uh, and they're not going to have fun if they're doing something that, that they, they think is like ruining it for everybody. They don't want to make the wrong decision, right? And other people, they just want to explore and have fun. And if you're telling them, yeah, you don't want to do that, you don't want to do this, that's going to ruin it. I think the better that you know the person the easier it is to judge how you ought to behave. But I I think in general, like your approach there, Fletcher is probably the right one. Yeah. And I will say to be clear, I did not know this person very well. So I didn't want to jump in and just be like, don't do this. (laughs) Yeah. So you got to have a neutral take there. And I I think you did a good job. And that is something that a bad player can do is try to play the table, right? They are Mm -hmm. the tactician. That's like, okay, you go here, you go this, you do this. Now, some of that is, is valid. Like before a combat, that's valid. But when I'm running a combat and someone starts micromanaging, I will basically say, okay, your turn. What do you do? And like, because you want it to feel fast and you don't want someone to just be, you know, it's a co-op game. As you say, it is not like it, it still has the alpha player problem if you let the alpha player play the game for everybody else. Right. So I think that is the right thing to do. You respond in character. And after the fact, it's the right thing to do because you don't know what that person's doing beforehand. So you, you mention it after the fact. Um, but that's hard. It's really, really hard. I also really, think it really makes hard. sense to, like, for player levels. So if you're thinking about it, like, you know, I'm sure you guys are starting as, like, you know, level one, level two characters. You know, the the character themselves is not experienced. They wouldn't know necessarily that that spell on a sleeping animal does that. You know, they, they're I think a, I think a level one character can know that if you hit a sleeping animal, it might well, it a might, magically sleeping animal, not, who knows? You know, and like, yeah, yeah, yeah time time okay. to explore and find out. Yeah. You know, and like they're exploring their power and learning how things work. It, it makes sense. And, but like, you know, if they're a level 10 character who were like jumping in to a world makes a little bit less sense. Um, but yeah. 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 And there's right. degrees of that, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Everybody knows that this particular monster is weakness against electricity. Like, yeah. And yeah. like, this comes into like my knowledge versus character knowledge. Like my character lives in this world like I think it's part of like the GM's job is to stop me from doing something that like would make me not fit in in the world they've created. If that makes actually, sense. you guys, yeah, it's one of the hard things. Yeah, about no, social. you ma- you make good points on both sides. So more often than not, we think about the players bringing knowledge that the character doesn't have. That's basically, uh, I'll say, bad player. But if the player doesn't have the knowledge the character should have the rest of the players 
maybe not the players, but at least the GM should say, okay, your character knows this. That I use a lot. Like if you're like, well, should we do this or this? I will interject and say, your character knows this. Whether that's helpful or to make your decision or not, it's information that you should have because your character would have it. And that's another way. Social norms in a fantasy setting. Right. Like, oh, well, you terribly insulted that person by not doing this specific thing that you have no idea as a player would be the norm in this. And like, yeah. Yeah. Well, and Fletcher, you could have asked in that situation. You don't necessarily tell the player directly. You can ask the GM, would his character know that causing damage to the wolf would wake him up? You know, like, because at that point, that player is like, okay, I want to go do this. But does the character know this or not? The player obviously doesn't. But they at least then would have that knowledge and be able to say, okay, if my character knows that that's going to wake him up, then I'm going to do something different. Yeah, I, I was basically shipping that role to the um, to the GM. And if the GM, like, yeah. let him do that action, like, if the GM was like... Now, your character would know that doing this is going to wake up and now he's going to be able to attack. But since the GM was like, okay, you cast, you cast this on this, you know, on the wolf. So then that's when I interjected later. I was like, if the GM's not going to stop him, I'm just going to let him go and then I'll role play in. All right. Since we're talking about game masters, um, let's talk about my final bullet point here, which is general lack of appreciation for the game master or dungeon master or (laughs) keeper or whoever runs the game. Now, I will say in my group, this is not, in in most groups I've played in, this is not a problem. Um, But it can feel that way to someone who spends a lot of time. Because when you're running a game, you're spending a significant amount of time setting up and prepping for that game um, in relation to the players. Typically, the players spend almost no time prepping for a game. I'm... I, I mean, I actually don't even know how to approach this particular topic because it's it's awkward as someone who always is running games. It's awkward to even talk about it. But you should, so you I should appreciate me, me more. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's not really what I'm getting at, but I do see it in... Because you also have the other part where it's possible the person running the game gets a bit of a God complex because, let's face it, you are the God in that world, right? So you can become self-important at the same time. So like, what are your guys' take on this? How do you, how do you show or don't show appreciation for, you know, someone who's running a game or like in general, like what would you expect when you're running a game? What do you expect from your players that would show just, again, just a general like acknowledgement that you're putting in a lot of work to, to run this game? Well, I think engagement and feedback's a big one. You know, like if people have a, uh, a lot of fun in a particular session. I like to hear that they did and what they thought was fun about it. And then, you know, over time that helps me know where to continue to focus my time. Like, Oh, I really thought like that one villain was cool. It's like, Oh, I'm glad I spent like 15 minutes thinking about like, how's that person going to walk in? What are they going to say? What do they look like? Or, or, Oh, that, you know, that fight was really cool. Oh, okay. Well then that that's, that's good. I'm glad they, they appreciate when we, when I come up with a, you know, an interesting way for these things to, to be fought out rather than, okay, you, you box this guy in a plain four by four room or something like that. Right. Um, I think also just respect, you know, like if you sit at my table, you're respecting my rules, you're listening to what I'm saying. You're not trying to like, you know, derail all of my work. You are buying into the world I have created. Then you know, that that's all I want. That's the fun part of doing it is, you know, having everyone be there in the moment that you are helping to create, you know, you are building the world for them to populate. And if they're like taking it seriously, I don't want to populate this world. And yeah, like (laughs) they, they are jumping in doing the stuff like that. That's exciting and fun. Yeah, cooperating with the whole enterprise, I guess, is is a big one. Um, (laughs) Once again, creating the magic circle. Yeah. Fletcher, anything to add? Um, I mean, I was going to... Kitty basically took the words out of my mouth. I was also going to say, like, respect. (laughs) Respect for the GM's time and energy for, like, what they're trying to do and trying to create. Um, Even a little buy-in from you. Like, if the GM is trying to set up some kind of scenario or some kind of, like, loose story for you to follow, you know, don't just stop. Don't just like try to not do what the what the hints and like where they're trying to like direct you. 
just be like like oh this guy comes up to you and he says like someone stole my horse and i think those are the, the goblins over there took it it's like cool i'm gonna go over here and do this instead <laughs> it's like okay great well, i'm gonna go drink at the fine. bar all day good luck buddy the <laughs> goblin king yeah. invited you to the ball oh sorry i think yeah. i'm busy that day yeah i'm, I'm busy on an airplane <laughs> yeah i'm gonna be on an airplane that day yeah yeah so and, and again like I, I, we already talked about it but like respect um the gm's time and like you know learn how to play your character over time or learn their general rules so you, you don't have to the gm doesn't have to be like referee and um you know hunting hunting down rules all the time on like how to do a particular thing yeah now i will say there are more meta ways of showing appreciation for the game master as well you know buying them lunch bringing them drinks whatever those types of things and those things are all nice and appreciated but it, you know, there those are unnecessary. I think the, the points that you guys have touched on are more important. Giving Don't, the GM money. <laughs> well, in some cases. Um, but the, the point is, don't ruin everything the GM is trying to do. But also, you don't have to feel like you're on rails. It's not like, okay, well, just tell me what to do and I'll do that. Um, but you need to go with the flow and not actively try to go against the GM. Uh, unless it's a competition or something, that's fine. One of the moments that I re- I still remember this, I have no idea what was going on. I know where I was at. I know where this person was. Something happened. And I said, I said something along the line is like, uh, you take a certain amount of damage and something bad happens. And this player looks at me and, and says, wait, that just happened? I'm like, yeah. It's like, well, why? Like, you can, you can make it not happen. <laughs> I'm like, but that's what happened, right? And that just, just <laughs> yeah. yeah, that just took me out so much being like, you are asking me because I can to undo something that you didn't like happening. And that is not okay. That is never okay in a game like this. Um, like you can be frustrated. You can be like, okay, I don't like the, the lethality of this game or I don't like the tone of it. There's a lot of things you can say you don't like. But just to say undo that because I didn't like it, it'd be like it'd be like dancing with someone and then stopping, and going, "Why did you move your hip like that?" Yeah, I don't like that just, that way. You should put your hand over here or like whatever it is. It's just yeah. like okay, now the whole thing's dead. Yeah, you've just broken all of it because, as you know, Kenny, you mentioned you broke the magic circle in that one statement. You broke the magic circle, and that's now, that is. I do think there can bad. be places for those conversations, but it's not in the middle of the game. Yes. Right. It's like, oh, I think that this is this or this is that. Because the other thing, too, is players usually don't know what's where the story is going. And we can have an entire episode on, you know, bad game masters as well. But if there's a reason, if something happens, it's probably not happening on accident. You know, yes, the dice are going to have a lot of random elements in things and, and such. But, you know, oh, this character got knocked out. Maybe there's a reason that character got knocked out. Right. So... You have to, that goes back to the trust. The players just need to trust that we, we know what we're doing. All right. This episode was a little bit more negative. Um, listening to about 40 minutes ago when Spencer summed up the, you know, it's, it's all about playing for fun. Um, if you want the good piece of it. But I think this is long enough and we should probably start rolling out of here. Unless you guys have anything more to add about bad players. All right. Reminder. Um, as you listen to this on a Tuesday, we are going to be gathering players for on Board Game Arena in the Tabletop Game Talk group for Welcome to, as big a game as we can get. We'll probably kick that game off on probably Wednesday. We'll give everyone the full 24 hours. And we'll be playing that for as long as it takes to finish that. Uh, live audience, not this week or, or not next week, or the week after. And, but there will still be episodes. And yeah, on that note, uh, oh, Kitty, I was going to rewrite this. So I'm going to, I'm going to take Kitty's part here because I was going to rewrite this anyway. So we're going to, we're going to see how this works live. Um, let's see. Tabletop Game Talks, probably member of the Dice Tower Network. I like that. We're going to keep that. Um, if you want to follow us on social media, it's probably futile because we are very bad at keeping Facebook and Twitter and all that (laughs) stuff up to date. Um, you can you can follow me, Game Master Chris. I tweet out new episodes and every week. But if you're listening to us, you're already listening to us. Uh, but you can watch us 
record live. TabletopGameTalk.com slash live. It's just not next week or the week after. Um, you can email us at feedback at TabletopGameTalk.com. And hosting and giveaways are sponsored by our patrons. So if you want to join us, um, you can do that at TabletopGameTalk.com and click the support us link. Uh, otherwise, these are the patrons that are currently supporting us. And even if you're not supporting us, if you've ever supported us, that's still really awesome. I usually say that at the end, but I'm going to say that at the beginning here because I'm talking. Uh, but then we let Fletcher read all these names. <laughs> Finally, a huge thank you to our current patrons. Adam Harrison, Miles, I come from a land down under Clark, The Gift of Games, Sahara Wentworth, Jason Strong, John Lewis, Joe Hoover, Danita Hersey, Jim Conrad, Lightning Steve, Gary Bunker, Peter Fleming, Andrew Fayesh, John Williams, David Rank, Sir Sully, Matthew Droke, Jimothy, Paul Romer, Nicholas Lotz, Weatherman Keith, Joe Punman, Leanne Verhol, Stephen Judd, Michael Letgo, Marina Stevens, Ben Gary, Sean Peck, Michael Yanikowski, Jeremy Fisher, Jason Marks, Christopher Dong, Terrence Milner, Richard Yassi, David Rank, Oh, David Radke, Brian Arnold, David Wagoner, Courtney Falk, Ryan Ellett, Dan Seed, Darren McClellan, David Garner, Tony Simpkins, Jesse Wheeler, Charles Pearson, Agnes Toth, Ron Nelson, Aaron Moore, Don Gilstrap, Glenn Cotter, Eric Salander, Adrian Dong, Eric Huffman, Jason Rodney, J- Justin Willard, Jerry Wong, and Sean P. Kelly. And again, thank you to everyone. Until next week, keep playing games and having fun. Um, so should we do an episode on why GM suck? Because I don't think that we have enough content to do that. <laughs> I don't know. I could go on and on. <laughs> maybe, maybe we missed an opportunity. Maybe I just let you guys record an episode next week and like, why GMs suck? And then I just won't be around. Why does Chris, su- I mean, why do GMs suck? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're going to be out of the country. There can be a secret episode. There could be a I don't know, but episode. we're pretty lazy because we're bad players. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I feel a little underappreciated right now. So that's it. We're we're, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>